Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we hear probably one of the greatest stories found in Luke's Gospel. This story has everything that it needs to make it great. Interesting characters, suspense, and a very surprising ending. More to it, it's not just a great Gospel story, but it's a great message that has spoken to Christians for over 2,000 years. It speaks to us about the Church, who we are, and how we come into contact with the risen Lord. Now, there is something deeply gripping about this story because it's at the very heart of our identity as a church. And this is why this story has inspired so many artists and writers throughout centuries. Now, remember last week's gospel. Jesus appeared to the disciples first without Thomas and then the second time with Thomas. In both stories, it teaches us the same lesson. Where do we most clearly see the risen Lord? Well, in the church, in the life of the church. Well, the story today for the road of Emmaus, as well as last week's story of Doubting Thomas, they both teach us the same lesson, how Jesus becomes visible to his people. Now, notice how the story begins. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. The first thing that we can take from this is where people are going in the Bible is always important. Remember the story of the transfiguration? After Jesus is transfigured, Peter wants to set up tents to stay on that mountaintop. And why not? Heaven and earth have united in a most powerful way. And Peter wants to stay there. We all would. And yet Jesus says no. And Jesus, as well as the apostles, they make their way down the mountain and continue on to Jerusalem because that's where Jesus' destiny lies. And so, there's many different stories in which people are journeying. These images of walking, walking with Jesus Christ. It's symbolic of the right spiritual path. We all are to walk, which always leads to Christ. Now, where are these two disciples going? They're walking away from Jerusalem, precisely in the wrong direction. Now remember, Jerusalem is the place where everything is happening. Think of it. Jerusalem is the place where Jesus experienced his passion, death, and resurrection. More to it, it's a place where the apostles have seen the resurrected Christ. Not just them, but also many others, like Mary Magdalene. If there's any place, especially if you are a disciple, if there's any place that you need to be, it's in Jerusalem. You could say Jerusalem is a spiritual hotbed. Now, why is that? Well, you want to stay in Jerusalem because so many people are seeing the resurrected Christ. There's a potential or possibility that you yourself will see the risen Lord. So you want to stay there. And yet these two disciples are leaving, leaving this special place. More to it, remember, the apostles are in Jerusalem. 
and the apostles represent the church. And so based upon the lesson that we learned from last week, the church is where Jesus is most clearly seen. And so these two disciples are walking away from Jerusalem, but more importantly, they're walking away from the church. Now, next in the story, it says, Jesus drew near, and yet the disciples' eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Herein lies two great spiritual truths. We don't recognize Jesus sometimes because we are walking away from the church and Jesus. It's very difficult for us to see the presence of Christ in our life or in this world if we're walking away from the church or from Jesus Christ. And yet, despite the direction in which the apostles are walking, it says Jesus draws near to them and he walks with them. Well, herein lies the second great spiritual truth. Even though we may be walking away from the church and Jesus Christ, he will still search for us. And when he finds us, He will walk with us, side by side, such that eventually we will get on the right path, the path that leads to Jesus Christ. Friends, it's a basic biblical truth. Our God isn't some distant figure out there waiting for us to find him. No, instead, our true God searches out for us, drawing near to us, just like these apostles. It conjures up that image of the good shepherd, that leaves the 99 sheep behind in search for the one lost. And so we see this firsthand, and we see it in our own life. When we are walking the wrong path, in the wrong direction away from God, it's God that takes the initiative and searches out for us to get us on the right path. And so Jesus speaks to them. And it appears that he doesn't know what has happened in Jerusalem over the past several days. And upon hearing this, the two disciples stand there incredulous. A good analogy would be for someone to come up to you and I, to us, and say, you know, why is this country on lockdown? Why are so many businesses closed? Why are so many people practicing social isolation? Well, we would be surprised. And our first response may be, what are you kidding me? Where have you been? Well, the disciples tell Jesus next the facts, which is good. They know the facts. They know all the events. What's the problem? They can't put it all together. They can't link all the events together and see the big picture. It's kind of like pouring out, you know, pieces of a puzzle. You pour it out on the floor and you see a thousand pieces, but you're not able to see the big picture of the puzzle itself because none of the pieces have been put together. And so, that's the problem with the disciples. Well, what do the disciples really need? Well, they need Jesus Christ to connect everything. Now, notice what Jesus says to them. Oh, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them what referred to him and all of the sacred scriptures. Well, when do we get it? How are we to put all things together and see the big picture? Only when we relate everything in the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, it's all related to Jesus Christ. Jesus is essentially giving the two disciples an overview of salvation history from the Old Testament to the present day. Jesus' entire life 
was foreshadowed in the sacred scriptures. His birth, his ministry, his passion, death, and resurrection. It all makes sense. And see, that's the key. In order for us to be able to read the Bible, we have to read it through the lens of Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection. See, then it all makes sense to us. Salvation history is all based upon Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection. See, that's what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples. Next in the story, it says, As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus gave the impression that he was going on further. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And it happened that, while he was with them at table, he took bread and said the blessing, broke it and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. So Jesus sits down with the two disciples in table fellowship, just like he did with the apostles at the time of the Last Supper, and just like he does with us every time we gather for Mass. It's a Eucharistic act to gather people around God in the breaking of the bread. The lesson here is we see the Lord when we allow him to interpret scripture for us. And we see the Lord Jesus when we allow him to break bread open for us. It's in the word as well as in the Eucharist that we see the resurrected Christ. The powerful lesson, Christ is most clearly seen at the Mass. How do we begin the Mass? With the penitential rite, we recognize and acknowledge our sin Just like these disciples, we recognize those times in which we walked away from Jesus and the church. And then we ask for God's forgiveness and we receive it. Next, we listen to the Word, sacred scripture, and we allow Jesus to interpret and open our minds to understand the scripture. Next, we recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. We celebrate the Eucharist. And as we gaze upon the altar, We recognize Jesus' body and blood present to us. Herein lies the beauty of the story of the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus is the story of our Mass. Every time we gather for Mass, we reenact or relive the story of the road to Emmaus. One last thing. Notice what the disciples said next to each other. Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. How does this story begin? With two disciples walking away from Jerusalem, walking away from the church. How does it end? with those two same disciples racing back to Jerusalem, racing back to the church. Now, mind you, it was at night, and it was very dangerous to travel at night. There were no streetlights. The roads were not well marked out. But essentially, the disciples didn't care. They felt compelled to announce that they had seen the risen Lord. Well, so too with us. At the very end of Mass, the priest or the deacon says, The Mass has ended. Go now to love and serve the Lord. And so like these two disciples, we leave the church and we are compelled. We are compelled to tell everyone that we have seen the risen Lord. We have seen the risen Lord in the sacred scripture. 
that Jesus has opened our minds to understand, and we've seen the risen Lord in his body and blood that we have received. And so we are naturally compelled to tell the world what's the best way? Simply by living out our faith life. By living out our faith life is the best way to tell everyone that we have seen the risen Lord and now he lives on in us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.